I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Okay. Okay, let's get going. Okay. Hello and welcome back to TFMP, 30 Flirty and Perishing. The girly podcast talking about very, very, very current new affairs that we are sifting out through papers, internet, people's mouths. I'm Sophie Lyons, your Clara Gavin. And welcome, welcome, welcome. How's your week going, Clara? My week is going good. Yeah, we're doing a lot of DIY in the flat, so I feel like engineer, builder, architect, slash I also have no clue. So it's one of those mind clutter weeks where a lot of logistics a lot of tradesmen operations <laughs> I, yeah I feel like me and Mick are manning up this mission and neither of us know where we're going and we don't really have a map but we've got some great people on board I was going to say some, the people you have on board are your map yeah exactly and they, they know where we're going no one knows what we're they're just, doing except for the professionals yeah exactly yeah like they sorry maybe we're like ha- on a horse and carriage like those gladiator ones but the horses know where they're going but we don't it's like that what a grown-up <laughs> i really don't feel like it it's it's a bit of a house of cards but hopefully it'll be a lovely home by the what end a good time so. to do with coming into spring yes yes you're killing it and that top it makes been... your breasts look stunning thank you <laughs> let's kick it off it's... let's kick it off into our jour and detest what are you telling me this week is it a jour is it a test? I've a jador this week for like serendipity, man. Stunning. I love that film. So, oh, it's a great one. Who's it? John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. It was Mick's birthday last weekend and we went to go see Hamilton. And I got a notification on Facebook of one of my memories. And it was on that exact day, three years ago, I went to go see Hamilton with my family. Like to the day, like 23rd, like exactly. Like, wasn't the 21st? Oh my God, that's really weird now. Isn't that the strangest thing? And it was, it was the February right before COVID, like February 2020. COVID would have come, like hit, hit in like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. And I just found it so strange sitting in the theatre three years on and like we had drank, we had drank a fair bit of rosé at the dinner and then like, did that thing where he bought a bottle and then shoved a bottle into two pint glasses. So I was drinking like a pint of rosé for the first half. We did not do that for the second half. It was like, oh, you'd be absolutely so I would have fallen asleep as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a good show. It's so phenomenal. The songs are amazing. But, you know, when you're watching something, I was getting like live nostalgia hits. And that time three years ago, I was on the cusp of like the most biggest toxic god-awful breakup that I've ever been through and the whole time I was there I was like overly emotional in the play or like there's bits I put the second time seeing it I couldn't I couldn't I didn't even remember what bits happened or where like my mind was just somewhere else and it was just a lovely kind of like universal like nudge to say like 
how quickly everything can change. And like, I live in London now. And, I was going to say, you wouldn't have lived um, here at the time. No, I didn't live here. And um, no, I didn't live here. <laughs> but like, it just... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm getting a bit too woo-woo. But uh, no, it was just such a like a nice thing that like look no, nothing lasts forever and nothing everything is really transient but it was just such a weirdly serendipitous moment of what life used to look like and then at the exact same moment three years later how different everything is and just I don't know it reminds me that so much can change and nothing is as it seems and even when things are bad they can be good and even when things are good they can also be I bad. love that Honestly, I don't remember. I didn't remember parts. I wasn't taking in Hamilton, which is such an insult to that amazing. It's so good. So, However, um, you could not possibly take it all in. It's so long. It's so long, and like the second half has a lot to do with fiscal policy, which I never thought there'd be a musical about taxes. But there was full on like songs. I didn't. It was like I hadn't heard them before, because I was in this like terrible mental state of this storm in my head you know, when you're coming out of like a bad relationship, it's like your mind is all cloudy and then you suddenly see like, oh my God, this isn't right. This has actually been so wrong for so long. But it's like with any relationship, it's so in like ingrained in like you as a person. So like to just to start like breaking away from that is it's really difficult and it, you kind of have to separate on like a cellular level, no matter how horrible and toxic the person is. So... It's just so weird to be be in that moment and then just be in such a happier place. And like, you know, I know we have like loads of logistics with the flat and all that stuff. But like just to be with the person who's like completely opposite. It's just very nice. Like it was a full circle moment. That's so nice. It's, it's crazy. It's it like lovely. a tap from the universe. Yeah. And because I remember when we were breaking up, because I remember being in my like early 30s and going like, oh, it's just easier to stay in this relationship and they can change and I'm very scared of the unknown. And then as as we were breaking up, I was like, there has to be something better for like, you know, something better is coming, something better is coming. And then like to get that, as you say, like little touch from the universe Love going like with something, it did change. So yeah, it was great. Aww. Took a lot of therapy and a lot of shamans, but look, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of crystal 15 healers. shamans later. <laughs> look at me now <laughs> the heating is on I am so hot I'm going to have to sit up oh my god me too I I'm asked, take my socks off I asked my boyfriend Jane to turn it off and he obviously hasn't listened sorry <laughs> okay so what are you doing you're testing Sophie I've been thinking this for a while but I don't have TikTok so I don't know if it's something wrong with the platform or it's something I don't know what it is um, okay. People's TikToks when they're doing miming, it's never in sync. Do you mean when people mime? <laughs> do you mean because you know the way sometimes when you post a TikTok onto a story or something, the timing that's like an Instagram problem. Or do you mean like while you're watching a TikTok? When I'm watching the a people... TikTok, if they're doing a dance and they're singing the song, oh, it's never in sync with their mouths. Oh, now this is majority with celebrity children because. I don't have TikTok, so it's usually kind of from Daily Mail, Northwest will come up. But she's never in sync with the with the song. You want to have a word with her mother. No, but I'm wondering, it's not just her, it's like they all do it. So like, what is the problem? I can't be the only person who've noticed this either. 
Oh my god, I've never really noticed it, but I don't know. It's all I notice. Oh my god, I'm really looking gonna look. I'll find you one. All I can see is the fact that it's just delayed. I hate those uh, mouthing ones and the dancing ones. I just skip them. So my algorithm, I don't see any of that stuff. Is that I not just what see. TikTok is? Is that an insult? No, TikTok is so. <laughs> no, it's so much more than that. Oh, to be fair, like Reels is basically the same now, so it's kind of. Anyway, that's my test. I'm just like, can someone just tell me? Like, I just needed to be known what's happened. Yeah. Is it like a a platform? It's a what? Have you wha- noticed like on other people's phones? Red problem. Goodness me. Oh, do you think it's my phone? I don't know. Hmm. I do need a new blower. I do, I do, or maybe it's like. I'll know, show you phone. an example. Or if you're watching it on Daily Mail, maybe that's because it's like, you know, their video platform could be crap. Look, I'm no IT manager. I'll find you an example. Anyway, that's my test. It just irritates me when stuff is in, in sync. Mm. In sync. That was short and sweet. Um, I was really <laughs> short and sweet. Yours was about the universe and mine was about Northwest. <laughs> Right, so Sophie, what is hot off the press for you this week? What news story has really been revving your engines, churning your gossip mill and on the tip of your tongue? My little fingers have been plodding around the keyboard (laughs) (laughs) and my little eyes have been scrolling because I saw Mm -hmm. it and I was like, this, this does need to be spoken about. And... Mm. It's ne- I've never really heard about it spoken before. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, Carrie Katona has... Is it in OK Magazine or something? She has like a column. And she said that mm-hmm. Jude Law, who, he's 50 now, has become a father for the seventh time. And she's arguing them. Seven? Seven. 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 So he's currently married to a 35-year-old who he married in 2019. And they've just welcomed their second child together. So in total, he has seven kids from five romances. Yeah. I thought it was like four. I know, seven. And <laughs> she's saying like men are treated differently to women. Fair play, Kerry. Um, Fair which play. Which I think is a really great use of her column. And because how many kids does she have? Four? So she has, Keza has five kids with three baby daddies. Yeah. But she was just saying there's like completely different standard. Like they don't talk about men who have multiple kids and multiple baby mamas, the way they speak about me. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's just treated like, oh, they're just um, spreading their seed and all this stuff. I think they kind of like, from my perception, they, I feel like they treat about, like when they talk about someone like Jude Law and it's kind of like, oh, he's at a different stage in his life. And it's like a new Mm. stage. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like he'd be a bachelor and then he like, oh, he got married when he was ex-age and had two kids but then that ended and then he was single for a while and dating and then he went on to a new stage and it's like kind of romantically spoken about kind of yeah and like to be fair he's only 50 like as in having a kid at 50 isn't that ridiculous this these days but seven kids is a lot in this a lot of alimony yeah well yeah um i agree with kerry you never hear about sort of is it dad shaming i don't know what it is it's promiscuity, I suppose, is what they uh, is the overarching theme with women. Exactly, it's far more forgiving for men. Which is not spoken to about. Father loads of kids. 
No. And if you also think about it, like say like fertility journeys for men and women are so different. Like men can have kids until their 70s. Like look at any of the fucking Rolling Stones. Like our body clock is moving much faster than men. So I don't know if that like falls into it. Terry Cotona is saying, I doubt Judo would ever be labelled a seven by five dad. Whereas I've received a lot of CRAP for being a five by three mom in the past. And I was like, she has. I think it kind of speaks into this like primitive nature. I think there's this thing, like a DNA instinctive thing that we have as humans to like constantly propel the human race forward. And like, if you look at lion prides, there's one man and like a harem of lionesses. There's always only really one man and he's fathering children in the whole herd. Yeah, what is that? But it like, it happens in animals. It happens with us. And we don't seem, we, okay, yes, it's socially unacceptable to like cheat on your partner or whatever. But when there's someone like Jude Law who has swanned through life, fathering children in every relationship he's in or whatever, we don't view it the same way. It's just very gender thing. Whereas we tend to judge women and their choices. Definitely. It's a, and their family structure. Yeah, you look down on it and you're like, oh, well, I don't know if her, her, her and Brian McFadden were married, I think. But then I don't know if she was married to the second one or the third one. Um, but then it always goes into, oh, were they married? And then when did they get divorced and were the kids out of wedlock? Like there still is that, mm. that stigma. stigma about it. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, God, that's actually horrific. Jude Law, whoever does his PR is like, yeah. he never gets bad publicity. No. Um, anyway, so I looked up some more papas who have multiple baby mamas. Obviously, the one that fell off the tongue was, <laughs> was Nick Cannon. <laughs> They're here. Nick Cannon has 12 kids from six different mothers currently. And he said he'll leave it up to, I think, the Lord or, or God, something like that, if he'll have more. So, like, he's not getting anything, no tube, like a tube isn't being tied in the near future. And some of the children's names, we all know this is, for regular listeners, you know, this is a huge interest point for me, is celebrity children <laughs> yeah. names. Do you want to know his 12 kids' names? I've, More than I have visuals of them as well. But just one thing on that is, he's like multi-millionaire Why is or whatever. he so wealthy? Because he presents a lot. Doesn't he do like American Idol or X Factor and Masked Singer he does all that but he kind of made his millions before that like I'm just like what was maybe he's into producing yeah I think he's he, and I think he feels like he's like a bit of a Ryan Seacrest like producing hands in lots of pots th- I don't the know the thing I'm is just... I don't hate him <laughs> I don't like how he treated Mariah Carey and I know that from her autobiography oh what did he do so he just wasn't very nice in their breakup and I think he cheated on her like no, nobody, nobody touches my my Mariah. So. Your Mimi, my Mimi, my Mimi. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I don't. And he wasn't great in the breakup, and I think. But is he not worried about his like empire? Like every time you have a, a kid, you're like cutting all the inheritance. That's what you know, I'm wondering. Like, well, I'm like this. His, his he must have buckets of money <laughs> to send yeah. one. How much does a child cost? <laughs> I don't know, but like a celebrity, a kid. celebrity baby, because you know from like divorce settlements and stuff, like they can get like hundreds of grand a month. So like you know he must be paying, and then the college, and then the car, yeah. and then like what exactly accessories? They only get more expensive hats. Yeah, shoes. it's like he 
he wants his legacy. Um, so, so, <laughs> yeah, the sorry, there's 12 kids. Monroe Cannon. Mariah's. And Moroccan Scott Cannon. Yeah, they're Mariah. They're the twins. Powerful Queen Cannon. <laughs> what? What? Powerful. Powerful Queen Cannon. Hopefully she goes by Queen Powerful or Queenie. Powerful Queen Cannon. Then we've got Zen S. Cannon. That's pretty okay. chill. Legendary Love Cannon. <laughs> Hi, my name's Legendary Love. How, I think this seems like they go by Queen and Love. Beautiful Lovely. Zeppelin Cannon. Wow. This sounds like an ice cream or something. Onyx Ice Coal Cannon. <laughs> Onyx Ice Coal Cannon. Ice Coal Cannon. These just sound like, I know I'm doing a lot of DIY at the moment, but these just sound like paint colours. They're not as ni- they're not as nice as paint colors, but it seems like he's also he's taken the lead on naming these kids. Definitely, because six women wouldn't have a collective stance like this. Yeah, <laughs> on baby names. Um, yeah, there's too much of a uniform going I on agree. here. Rise Messiah Cannon. I think I I I've big dreams for Rise Messiah. I like that name, Golden Cannon. <laughs> That's cruel. That's just a gold cannon. Yeah. Zion Mizeldian Cannon and okay. Zillion Oh my Zillion. god Zillion Air Cannon. Like Zillion Oh that's not fair second bit air but H E I or like air to the throne. So it it sounds like Zillionaire. He's oh, not well. Oh he's not well. These are terrible. That's like a, a joke oh. list. <laughs> Zillion hair. But Zillion Air. That poor baby. Is he the last one? Zillionaire is, is the last. Z? One, two, three, four, so five, like, six, eight, nine, ten. Oh, hang on. That's only 11. Where's the 12? Oh my God. This guy's crazy. Halo Marie Cannon. That's kind Halo of the most Marie. normal one. She was born in, <laughs> in December 2022. Oh, that was only... Yeah. That's the most recent. Yeah, yeah. He must be having kids at least one or two a year. He needs to wear protection. Oh, yeah, okay. How old... <laughs> How old is the oldest? Hang on, let me bring up my report. So 2011. Okay, let's do some maths here. 2023. 12. So he said one kid a year. But I think this year it's multiple. Oh, my God. I know. I think he's like the poster dad for this kind of thing. I mean, also on the list yeah. was like Mark Anthony. He has seven kids with four mothers. But then, you know, he's sort of Latin, so he kind of gets away with it. Mm. But would a, would a Latin woman get away with it? I don't think so. And Mel Gibson, who no. I don't know anything about, has nine kids with three women. Oh, Mel. Oh, he's gross. That's to name a few. P. Diddy, seven kids with three women. Oh, my God. Are these guys trying to, like, populate the world so for, like, a, the end of the world? I mean... We should talk about Tristan, I suppose. Oh, he is. How many does he have? Like well, five? Well, he had two kids while he was expecting two kids with Chloe. Four. And then I think he had one from a previous, no? Yeah. Like he met Chloe when he somebody else was pregnant with his other baby. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I think Kaz is right on the whole thing. I think there is a double standard women get called out for being promiscuous and yeah. kind of, I would say, yeah. like sloppy mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, all over the place. Judged. Yeah, and then men, it's just kind of like, oh, 
Let men be men. Yeah, it's just judged totally differently. Like, it's just not really fair. And so we stand with you, Kerry. Kaza has my vote. Kerry Catones, you've got it going on. Yeah, but I just don't really know how, as a society, will that ever really shift, do you know? No. It's it's kind of like a, you think maybe with like next generations coming along that this would, people will come a bit more aware. But I just think there's a lot of like mom shaming that goes on that's very unjust and a lot of people just giving out to women because they like to give out to women, do you know? Was it Sheryl Sandberg or something? And she was like, I went back to work, something crazy after her birth of her child. And she was like, I mm. got a crash on site or whatever. And that's how I did it. Maybe other women would judge her for that, you know? Exactly. It's just always... And men don't get that. But like men go back to work after, you know, two weeks paternity, which is so unfair on poor dads having to go back you know, and could just go back and live their normal life and not get much bonding time with their kids um, if they have to go into the office and stuff and, you know, not get a good paternity. Whereas, like, you hear of w- some women taking... Do you remember Pandora Sykes did that during the Hilo? She only took six weeks off. It's like, you wouldn't know your fucking arse and your elbow Did she only take six, six weeks. weeks off? Yeah. I actually and remember she said, her then saying when the second called, baby it, came. called it a vacation. Yeah. And people were still emailing her and she was like, I'm in labour. We gotta give moms a break. They're fucking fantastic. Equally, why was she yeah. was she trying to stop them? Like, just turn your email off. I think people were ringing her or something or asking her, like you know, oh, she was stop. like, "I'm in labor." Yeah, like I doubt she was like giving birth, but she was. I say she was in the hospital, you know, and you're like in a bit. That's pain. a time when you don't need your blower. No way. I don't want to know if that happens to me where my blower is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Oh my God. Well, Nick Cannon, maybe. Well, I think people are kind of almost slagging Nick Cannon at this point because he has like a football team and a sub for children. Imagine Nick Cannon had a reality show of him and the the 12 kids. Me plus 12. Oh my God. Or like 12 and counting. What were those weird reality TV Um, shows about? John and Kate Kate plus plus eight. eight. Yes. Nick and no one plus 12. Anyway, tell me about your topic. I'm dying to hear. <laughs> Nick and no one plus 12. I slay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so my topic ricocheted off yours. Uh, you wanted to talk about celebrity dads and their armies of children. 
And I I was on a new website I've discovered called The Things. And I read a story about some deaths. And they were two fantastic pieces, stories that I just never knew. It just came up about deaths? They've hit the news. Okay. Let me just... I don't know. To be honest, I actually don't know why. But both of them were published like a few days ago. So I think these two old Hollywood stories kind of came to light. Maybe it's due to the Oscars coming up and they want to get... um, But I have two strange, inquisitive, intriguing, scandalous stories for you about two legends. Well, three actually of some celebrity funerals, grave sites and much more. Okay. So firstly, we're going to talk about Elvis, right? So on the day he died, 80,000 mourners came to see the coffin pass on the Elvis Presley Boulevard. And he was late rest beside his mom, Gladys. And knowing that because he died so young and he shaped like a whole era of music, Elvis's father knew that loads of people would want to come to the grave. So they had to protect it so that he had kind of like a tomb above ground and it was surrounded by this locked uh, iron gating. And like it was so it was kept like a bit away because of how famous he was and love of fame and, and, the, and, you know, worried that like people would, you know, get too involved with the grave. So just nine days after, three men were arrested for attempting to remove Elvis's body from his final resting place. They'd been carrying dynamite and wanted to blast into the mausoleum, which is such an American word. It's I think that's such an like American word. Two. Is it the mausoleum? So they were arrested and the investigators were questioning them, being like, why were you carrying such a small amount of explosives? You know, it's a ma- it's a mausoleum <laughs> for crying out loud. <laughs> they didn't have enough explosives to to blow it up. And they didn't ca- they weren't carrying like any of the tools that would have broken up. Ill equipped mas- <laughs> dynamite. They were ill <laughs> Exactly. So they eventually confessed and the three claimed they were offered $40,000 each of the time that was worth a lot of money by a mystery person who intended to demand $10 million from the family for the return of the singer's body. So use like Elvis's body to as ransom for $10 million. So Elvis's horrified family demanded that Elvis's body be moved back to Graceland. I was sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say because I went to Graceland as a child. Whoa! And I saw the grave, and I was like, "Oh, he must have been moved." Here we go. So, so oh yeah, so the family wanted him to be buried in yeah. Graceland originally, but the the grounds weren't zoned for a burial, so they couldn't. But then after this had happened, uh, legal permission was granted to for the relocation of his body. All was not as it seems. Two decades later, one of the grave robbers revealed the truth. So a guy called Ronnie Adkins told of how a plot had been arranged by a sheriff working for Elvis's father. Dun, dun, dun. The incident was planned to convince the authorities that Elvis's grave needed to be, have more security, something that could be provided by Graceland, his home. So whether that's true or not, but I don't know why that guy would come out two days, two decades later and say Probably that. sitting on then that all, secret for 20 years. Like. And then all of 
Elvis's family, uh, his parents, his great grandmother, and there's a memorial stone for Elvis's twin brother, Jesse, who died of birth. Yeah. They are all buried then now at Graceland. It's all in that circular w- shape, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing it. And Graceland itself now receives 600,000 visitors from around the world every year. I suppose you're one of those people. It's a great tour. T- so tell us about it. You went on a family holiday to... I mean, that was that was a stop. We didn't just go. <laughs> <laughs> but... You've never once mentioned Elvis. However, I love his we music. did. Oh, we stayed in the Heartbreak Hotel. <gasps> I'm, a, I'm aware of the privilege that's coming out of my mouth. Heartbreak Hotel. Oh my God. The pool was in the shape of a heart with the tile tilings making the crack down it. Oh. There was like only Elvis music on and Elvis TV. I have a picture of me on one of the beds. So actually, it wow. does always hold a special place in my heart. And there was like Sunshine oh. Studios. Yeah. Oh, it's like being weird in the movie. that his dad had to do that to get the grave moved, though. Why couldn't they just listen to the dad? Yeah, it's weird how the dad had to go to such lengths. Like, how would an idea like that get birthed? It must have been his, like, the executor or something. Did, mm. or, I don't know, something like that. You know, your man Tom Hanks plays the manager in the movie. Yeah. It must have been, it's some executor, I'd say, had to make a decision or something. And maybe the dad wasn't one of those people. Mm. Mad. Yeah. Because it's a pretty sick thing to do. I'm glad the plot wasn't real, but like to steal a dead body and use that as ransom. Oh my God. That is sick. That is disgusting. And what a ruse. It just turns out it was a crook sheriff. There's a lot of crook sheriffs. Yeah, down the mausoleum. Down the mausoleum. (laughs) Oh my God. Ill-equipped with his tools. They remind me of like our school plays when we talk like that. (laughs) So true. And like all of us being like, I don't know what a mausoleum is. What is a mausoleum? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sure. <laughs> For whatever reason, they're all in the news. This story is in the news. Maybe it's Hollywood. Maybe it's life. Maybe it's a slow news day. So Marilyn Monroe passed away at only 36. And her final resting place is in LA at the Pierce Brothers Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery. Jesus. She's in a simmer like above ground mausoleum tomb creation. And 25 years after she died, a man was put to rest beside Marilyn. Then in a strange series of events, that man was moved 23 years later. And his wife put the spot beside Marilyn Monroe's final resting place up for sale. Yeah. What? So, so that spot beside Marilyn Monroe was up for sale. The Los Angeles Times published a piece about the bidding process. And it revealed that in 1992, Hugh Hefner paid $75,000 for a spot on the other side of Marilyn. And he said, I'm a believer in things symbolic. Spending eternity next to Marilyn is too sweet to pass up. That's so on brand. So when he passed away in 2017 at the grand old age of 91, he's slotted in beside her. What? And yeah, isn't that absolutely mental? What, what gets me about that one is, especially after that blonde film that came out on Netflix, which I didn't watch, but I uh, consumed a lot of the content around it. Like people kind of forget that Marilyn Monroe is 
like a person I feel like she's like everything is stripped away and oh, she's just yeah. become this like a symbol of Hollywood and this beacon and icon of celebrity culture and how we idolize certain people and Hugh Hefner choosing to spend eternity next to a woman who d- can't consent to that after her body was exploited for so long after learning loads about her life there's actually it's it's actually kind of perfect that she ends up beside the guy who just took advantage of blonde women with big boobs and you know and their bodies for so long and the article that I found this from it was like well did they ever meet or whatever and apparently there was just a phone call and where he was able to tell her how much she meant to him and he had some like mad connection with her because Playboy launched the same year they were born in the same year oh really? yeah I suppose and what he just... liked was almost like an over exaggerated and enhanced version of a Marilyn Monroe figure Mm, exactly in like his girlfriend and she ex- exactly they're all kind of like look at the girls next door all of them yeah. he always loved um, and look at Pamela Anderson what he did for her or like uh, the attention he paid on her because there was pictures of Marilyn that ended up in Playboy without her consent so it's just like he's it's almost like he removes the soul and just wants like the body and to be close to them but never actually asks those people, those women, how they feel or what do they think about that? It's just, it seems, you just would love to know what she would think of that. Also 75k. Um, I know. In 1992, I wonder what that value was. Like, that's like 30 years ago. Would it have but like, like, you think that, that would go for millions now? Oh, yeah. Inflation calculation. <laughs> I want to say like circa millions. 10 million now. The person to the other side of Marilyn, that, that, I'd say that real estate would cost you Millions. Do you think the wife pre-planned that she was going to do that? I'd say she probably needed cash and goes, Jimmy there is in a good spot and I need some money. But poor old Jimmy, because like he died after Marlon, so he must have known he was going in there. <sighs> Mad. I just can't believe that's not like more well known. Imagine going to visit Marlon's grave and then be like, fucking you Hefner's creeping there beside her. Equally, it must be like a kind of public burial place yeah if a woman who needed money's husband is buried there very very fantastic point i wonder where it is well it must be you can do like a hollywood grave tour can't you surely but like it just feels like did marlon even have like a say in any of this like people just oh okay so the pierce brothers westwood village memorial park and moratorium you'd be mortuary <laughs> park and cemetery is the resting place of some of the entertainment industry's greatest industries whoa some of the entertainment industry's greatest names joe dimaggio farrah fawcett oh this is like an iconic resting place betty page frank zappa truman capote dean martin isn't truman oh capote my God. He's, he wrote um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh my God, I was going to say something really stupid there. <laughs> so, so yeah, there you go. Um, that concludes our uh, Hollywood Stars in the Rise tour of Graveyards. The, I hope you the enjoyed. tour of Hollywood Death. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Clara, thank you so much for enlightening me on some 
escapades surrounding people passing away and graves. No problem. <laughs> um, as we do this every week, Clara, you need to give us a recommendation to close us out. Oh, so uh, do you on like the three? results of our... Uh, no, sorry, there's a lot going on <laughs> in my so noggin. excited. So we did a poll, I did a poll on my Instagram uh, during the week for your place or mine, cozy or trash. Trash won 79%. Thank you to everyone who agrees with me. That um, is so stupid. I know. I didn't repost so, it, so I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. because you posted it. 79%. Whoever voted, you need, you need to <laughs> But then down. I was... Is, through debating this and I was talking about it with people at work and like you know actually trying to get to the bottom of was that a good or a bad film I was reminded of the listen of Sentimental Garbage the Runaway Bride episode with Dolly Alderton I urge anyone to go and listen to it it is the funniest hour you will ever listen to in your life I've listened to it two and a half times I think I'm halfway through the third time I'm about to start and fourth it is Two gals, besties, chewing besties, so chewing the fat. So insightful, though, and just really adding an extra layer to rom coms. What makes a good rom com? What makes a bad rom com? And the the nostalgia that surrounds it, and why like new rom coms are crap, and we romanticise the old ones, and the gossip about Julia Roberts. Oh my God, that's oh, a whole other names. Hollywood tour. <laughs> yeah. The names. Um, yeah. Can we just start a petition to get the two of them to do a semi-regular podcast? I know. And they kind of teased it at the end of it. But they are just so in tune, so in sync. So they are great. And it's just, we've talked about loads about their Sex and City series, but oh. it was just such a surprise oh. in the newsfeed <laughs> to see this Runaway Bride one. And so I would highly recommend anyone who hasn't listened to it already oh. to listen to it or whoever has listened to it, just give it another go. Because um, you hear stuff the second time. Yeah, because and I think like when you you only have a podcast that you like love and you're trying to like pay attention to, to every single second and if you every yeah so it needs a few goes. A quite yeah. great recommendation. Thank you for that, Clara. No problem. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Classy Cabana and at Soph underscore Lions. Do all that sweet stuff of rate, review, like, subscribe, ring a bell, tell all your friends. In Hollywood, <laughs> on Broadway, <laughs> um, I'm sure someone in this network of beautiful, gorgeous listeners will be friends with one, if not all, of Nick Cannon's children. So we'd love to have one of them on the pod. If anyone is friends <laughs> with Legendary Love or Zillion Air, <laughs> they're the two I want to talk to. What about Port Golden? <laughs> no, Onyx Ice Cole would go third. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. We will chat to you next week, sweet peas. Cheerio, fellas. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.